welcome everyone to the Creative for Life podcast. I'm John Witcher, coming to you from the crossroads of America. And I'm Gordon Meyer, chatting with you from Hong Kong. Each episode, we'll be discussing creativity for life, sharing with you our journey of collaboration for over 30 years, the influences and inspirations that motivate us, the changes and chances that got us to where we are today. And through the successes and failures, we've always found our way forward with light, laughter, and positivity. Welcome to Creative for Life. All right, we're back. Creative for Life podcast returns for season two, where we're going to be talking about transformation. What's that mean to us, our own personal transformation, and the transformations of our guests as well? In this episode, we have special guest Ilsia Pena, Walt Disney Imagineer and architect extraordinaire, and Jamil Hyatt, who's returning to talk to us again. Former Imagineer, but now transformed into writer, poet, creative. We're going to be discussing the 20th anniversary of 9 11. As Jamil and I were both in New York at the time, we're going to talk about what we learned from that experience and might not be what you think. We also have some great shows coming up on the podcast that we're really excited about. September 23rd, Vince Cadillac, creator, disruptor, Meow Wolf co-founder, transformation economy pioneer, and now Spatial Activations Collaborator is going to be joining us for a discussion about his personal transformation as well. And I'm sure he'll give us a little bit of background about Meow Wolf, what they're doing, opening up in Denver. But we really want to get to know Vince and what's going on with his life and his transformations. Only then to be followed by October 7th, Mark it on your calendar. We have Jason Freeney, the amazing, incredibly talented, innovative artist who's brought us Dissectables. <laughs> if you don't know what Dissectables are, you've probably seen it already. It's when you have like a character that's cut in half and half of it is Cookie Monster and the other half is a skeleton. Mark it on your calendar. Jason Freeney. I was just thinking about it the other day um, because we are coming upon that time, 20 year anniversary of 9-11. And uh, I think you were there, Gordon, right? Because I was there in New York as well. Yeah. I don't know, were you there yeah. or you were there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was also there. And um, the interesting thing now I look back upon that is I, I don't look at that as a necessarily a transforming event. This is pretty gonna probably sound a little odd, the day of, of course, it was incredibly traumatic, you know, uh, just actually physically seeing the building disappear in front of my eyes, like, you know, across the river right there and all of that traumatic event. But you, what I discovered since then, the past 20 years, this is going to be weird, was not a transformation of myself because of that event towards other people because of that per se, but 
of per people's perception towards me because when i was there obviously there were the you know the saudis that that committed the you know this horrific act and having the name jamil ahmed hayat okay with my dark colored skin i didn't have tattoos all on my arms at the time i had so many people looking at me cross-eyed as if i was the next terrorist in line and when i got on the flight right after 9/11 um which was actually to go back to LA for thanksgiving i went through so many checks separate from all the rest of the people on the plane i went through three separate three or four separate checks before i got even in my seat by the time i got to my seat everyone in that plane was looking at me and it felt so i was so angry inside so one thing that it transformed about me was perceptions of others towards me and my skin color and my name and even to this day especially during the past at last administration the trump administration where that uh rise of uh I'll call it uh racism but also open the racial racism. yeah open racism really i i've never felt more um in tune with the events of 9/11 because of my own appearance of my name that you know i'm i mean i'm as american as anyone else right except you know maybe i don't eat i'm not from the midwest but la so yeah i eat tacos and i'm into low riders okay that's just as americana you know what i mean but um it, it's that event though the transformation for me was as horrific as it was for everybody else around there was a little different experience and so i i just wanted to touch on it was just a little interesting i just wanted to bring that up because that's a different type of a transformation too you know what i mean it's being aware that yeah targeted. yeah i guess First, that's it being seen as evil as something just other by just by yes way. just visual perception of me is like oh who is that what's that guy doing so that transformed my feelings very you know and it comes out a little bit in my writing too of where i'm i'm not angry i'm a very happy person but i get very upset when people look at others as others you know what i mean as oh, yeah. the other instead of as a human being first oh yeah and then let's figure it out right that was how yeah. 911 impacted me yeah you know respect to all the people that you know had that so directly impacted in their lives and i mean you couldn't live in new york and not have a friend of a friend or somebody that you knew from yeah. the office or anybody that was there i mean that was yeah. it impacted so many people i'm similar to you in that way jamil in the fact that like the transformation that happened that day was not something that happened because of buildings falling down or the shock or the impact i was walking to work and mm-hmm. literally walking to the towers i was living in the east village walking down to tribeca which our office was 9 blocks away from the towers i mean mm-hmm. the twin towers were sort of like the the guideposts as to where i was walking you just walk down the streets and follow all, all the way down to the uh, the twin towers and you're there i mean we had we had a job actually going on in the twin towers at a godiva store that mm-hmm. um Yeah, it was just a little bit too early to get down there that day, but you know, if it had been later, some people we were working with would have been inside there and luckily the night luckily the night before I was um 
doing a job up in Times Square. And I think it's kind of a famous sort of story too, where it's like a lot of people didn't get into work that early because the Giants and the Jets or somebody were playing on Monday night football, like two New York teams. And so the game went a little bit late also. And so people were, you know, staying up late because, and I know this only because where I was working at that night um, was sort of like a, a bar sports sort of place, whatever. We were in another room painting some walls and, and it was really late and we were like, ah, oh, we can work another hour, you know, it's okay. Get more stuff done. But yeah, the next morning it was like, I had to go in as usual, even though I stayed out late, you know, to do that. And yeah, it starts happening. You know, the sounds like yeah. a garbage truck was dropped from the sky and it's like, what was that? You know, yep. and it all started, but in relationship exactly to what you were talking about, Jamil, part of my walk to work from East Village to Tribeca was there's a mosque on First Avenue and 11th Street, something like that. You know, just a few blocks from where I live. And every morning I'd walk by and pretty much they're, you know, doing their call to prayer. Lots of taxis along that street, you know, and these guys going in. And there would be a group of guys that I would see in front almost every single day. You wave hi to them and stuff like that. You get to know who they are um, just from you know, working every day and walking past them. And they're part of their, your community, really. I mean, you know, everybody that you see on that walk is part of your community, wherever it is, you know, and it's comforting to be coming from somewhere else and living in New York to feel that. And I remember the day after, you know, walking around in my neighborhood, there was a, a little less traffic near that mosque that day, that's for sure. But I remember walking by with a few of my friends and there were some people sitting out on the steps in front of their apartment. And two or three of these guys from coming from the mosque were walking down the street back to their car and they were yelling at them, like saying some really bad stuff to them, you know, like get out of your terrorists or whatever and things like that. Right. And it struck me as ironic too, because, you know, the people that were saying that were, they weren't, you know, white people that were saying, this is our America. This is, you know, whatever they were like mixed races, you know, New Yorkers. And I kind of found it completely ironic coming from like being a white guy and not feeling like completely acclimated in New York either, because it's like, yeah, I don't really, fit in here a lot of times you know a lot of times i'm the minority where i'm at you know because you know you're you know you're the poor white guy you know it's like and but you feel comfortable with it you don't notice it it's not in your mindset to be thinking like that but it really stuck out on you know stuck out of my mind but like wait you're calling these people you know (laughs) foreigners terrorists get out of our country and it's like aren't we all just visiting this country? I mean, it's like, you're, you're not a native American. (laughs) You really don't have any rights to say that, you know, get out, get out of the Island of Manhattan, Manhattan alone being, you know, the word taken. So that has always stuck with me too. And, And I said something to him, I was like, Hey, who are you guys to tell them to like leave this country? It's like, we're all just visiting here. You know, this is crazy. This is how it all starts. Yeah. So. You, you know, the thing, you know, about that is that 
I mean, you and I, and, and I'm sure many, many, many other people use that as a learning opportunity, right? And that, that bit of transformation, you know, changed our perception, but to a positive sense, you take that negative and you go, mm-hmm. wait, you, you become more aware of, of people's identity, but in a positive sense, right? You know, it's not like yeah. brushing it away, like, oh, I don't, I don't see your color. Of course we see each other's color. But it's yeah. embracing that culture and that color that makes yep. it a positive experience. But, you know, it's still sad that there's so many that don't. Even, you know, here we are 20 years later. And the, the reason, you know, you, yeah, we are still having this conversation, which we, you know, it's so sad that the fact that there even had to be a Black Lives Matter movement is heartbreaking. Yeah. But it's understandable because here we are 20 years after 9-11 and, you know, another... Uh, 50 years after the civil rights movement and voters' rights, all those things that were enacted under Lyndon Johnson, not much has really changed, unfortunately, except, thank goodness, there have been movements like Black Lives Matter, in my opinion, because Mm -hmm. it has brought awareness to many who were not aware. These are these issues. There is a different way to look at it, and that perspective is through the eyes of someone of color, because it's a different perspective, right? So as long as people are waking up and embracing that and something shifts and transforms within them even just a little bit then things will get better hopefully you know what i mean and they it just takes time this is this is the other thing about transformation this is quite interesting you can have a single singular event like 9-11 happen in the blink of an eye but the transformation from that singular event wasn't just right at that event it's you, it's impossible for your body, your brain, your conscious or subconscious to understand that. It doesn't happen, and you don't realize it until 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. all of that transformation takes so long really within self and self-awareness of it, I guess, you know? Oh, yeah. I, and I've been affected by that directly as well, where, you know, things didn't start stirring up in people's consciousness until years later. And the damage that happens when you suppress those feelings and understanding and just try to hide them and run away, you know? I have a question. So, um, truthfully, I've never uh, spent long periods of time uh, in a different country. And and I'm just kind of curious about, um, you know, even just being an American in a different culture, uh, if it's kind of different being in a different country. I I mean, that probably sounds silly, but, but I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty much, I've been Midwestern, you know, mm-hmm. United States my entire life. I, I've not really yeah. gone out and experienced much like that. I mean, well, John, the, the simple answer is it depends on who the president is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wow. think to, I think to John, what you're saying though, is like, but you're curious about it and you're absolutely, you're open about it. And you're, you know, just talking to you, I know that you're interested in the conversation of it. And so, absolutely. That's where that's what it's about. Even if you, you know, there's some people who will never be able to live, leave where they are, for various yeah. reasons. Understand? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just life, right? But yeah. it doesn't mean you shut yourself off, which obviously you do not. You open no, yourself I, up, right? I, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, um, I, I was talking with Gordon about uh, I, when I took a cultural anthropology class at the University of Indianapolis, and it was absolutely fascinating because there were people from, I know at least six different countries in there, and the professor would have them uh, kind of give an insight into their culture 
and um, we would talk about all the different kind of things. But but truthfully, I, I mean, you know, being Midwestern, you, you know, Indiana my entire life, I mean, that, that's about the extent that I've experienced. I, I really don't, you know, I, I haven't had that opportunity to get out and really and get into doing those things. And uh, it's just always, uh, always been intriguing to me. So, you know, what's interesting is like, I think like when you're in the U.S., you know, there's there is a lot of multicultural people, right? You're surrounded yeah. by people from all different places. But like when you go to Asia, it depends where you're. Well, on I know, US, I know. Too, but right? you go to Asia, you know, I stick out like a sore thumb because I don't look Asian. <laughs> like, so we, you know, I do get stared at a lot. Um, so there's you become the minority, even though I might have been in the minority in the U.S. in terms of you know I'm Latina, you know I'm Humex American, but here I'm I'm a foreigner. And I don't look Asian, so I do get like I am technically I am literally the minority here. <laughs> um, wow. But that's not it's okay, you yeah. know. And and but it's just a different way of looking at things. But you have a different your yeah. perspective though, like to what John is kind of saying and what you're saying is, it you're both interested yeah. in perspectives of others. So that's yeah. So whether you live that or you don't live that, it doesn't really matter as long as you're open to hearing it yeah. and 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 interested in that conversation that that conversation alone transforms you you know if, if i dip my toes in the sea on on thailand's coast and try to explain that to someone if they've never done it they may not understand but they're if they're interested in listening to that story they may go they may have envision this thing that gives them this incredible feeling right so yeah. as long as they're open to the story the, yeah. the experience of the other whatever that perspective is then you open yourself up to that world that the possibility that you yourself can transform mm -hmm. from others right wow yeah it's having that openness of of mind having having that openness of heart you know to yeah, yeah to go forward with that. And that does take a significant amount of courage of self, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to do that. It goes away from your norms of comfort, you know, to do that. But yep. it's a requirement, you know, for transformation, you know, to have that imagination even to take that step into the yard next door even. Wow. Yeah. One thing I've noticed here in Hong Kong is when you meet another Per, you know, you, you walk around and, you know, you run into other foreigners along the way and there is a sense of of community that you're not from Hong Kong. And so you just break up into a conversation. And so like the other day I was talking to this lady and she realized my name is Hilsia and she says, oh, you speak Spanish. And then all of a sudden we start speaking Spanish. Wow. And, you know, it's like these little connections where I think in the U.S. probably that wouldn't have happened. But because we're here in Hong Kong yeah. and you run into yeah. like someone and, and, and that's something also else. a foreigner, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something else that I discovered at the university when I was, I met some really, really intriguing people and they were like, you know, you're so spoiled in the United States because the country where I come from, I speak four languages. I was like, wow, really? I mean, that, that's. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. That word foreigner, though, you should explain that because yeah. people that listen to that podcast go foreigner. And you know, in the States, when you say foreigner, it's so demeaning, right? But the rest of the world, if you come to this country, whatever the country that happens happens to be, we're in Hong Kong right now, they label whether you're American, European, Australian, uh, African, South American, you're all foreigner because you're not a Hong Konger. 
Yeah, so we're all foreigners here. If right. you're not a Hong Kong Cantonese person, well, we'll talk about transformation. This city, this definitely is like the next. That's a whole another topic. topic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because there's subtleties to that too. It's very interesting. Well, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that because we definitely want to have you guys back. Then. Of course, <laughs> we love it. You know, you can't shut me up. I know. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Super having you guys on. I know you guys want to have your breakfast now and everything like that. Thanking you both for being on the show. It's fantastic yeah. to start off this whole transformation second season with you two. I mean, you two yeah. like are the epitome of people making that bridge in life, transforming your lives completely by moving from one country to the next and changing careers. And I wouldn't even say careers, just sort of like realizing that Hey, I'm not locked into what I did in my past. And I have all these creative ideas and things to express and explore. And, and you're doing it. You're both doing it. And I know yeah. he'll say, you're going to do so much more than... I'll do it one day. I'm on my exactly. way. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting sure. for that book. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's always fun. Thank you. Become a subscriber to Creative for Life on all your favorite streaming platforms. And check out the podcast notes for more links and info. You can also visit our website at greenskinmango.com for our awesome streetwear, eclectic music, and comedy. Go be creative.